I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Welcome to a very special coronavirus episode of our show. Uh, Look, you don't need me to tell you that things are weird out there. The coronavirus has really affected every aspect of our daily lives, and I don't know. I mean, nothing is as it was when I last talked to you. Um, There are no concerts. There's no sports. You can't go to the movies. South by Southwest is canceled. Coachella is canceled. Broadway is closed. Is Legoland still open? I'm sure I'm sure they've closed that. Um, they should have closed that first. Uh, the point is, from LeBron James to my local farmer's market, nobody is working. It's true. And the shelves in the grocery stores are empty. And the streets are eerily abandoned. Uh, and everything that we used to know is not what we used to know. It's different. Everything has changed. There's clear tension out there, and there's clear anxiety. Everyone's feeling very anxious, and everyone's feeling very nervous and very uncertain, and this is a global problem. This isn't just confined to one area with one group of people uh, that are dealing with it. No, this is a legitimate pandemic, and it has altered everything uh, that we that we do and everything that we know, everything has changed. All of my classes, for example, I'm a professor in my in my daily life, and all my classes uh, are now online. Uh, and by the way, I have no idea how the hell to do that, but I'll figure it out. In the meantime, I thought I would just talk to you guys uh, because this is something uh, that isn't changed. Podcasting is unaffected. Now, sure, in our studio uh, there is. Uh, you know, some uh, some saran wrap over the microphone. Nobody wants to use the microphone that somebody else used. Sure, we're all wearing gloves and gas masks and hazmat suits over our old ripped Smith's T-shirts. But other than that, everything is the same. I don't know. I was suggesting to the staff that we don't even leave the studio. We just stay here. We hole up and uh, and we hang here until the virus has passed. And everyone was like, that's a great idea boss. And then we looked around and we realized we're woefully unprepared for such a thing. In the studio here, we have four bottles of water left. We have uh, one half-eaten bag of pretzels and one unopened box of graham crackers. That that should last us another, what, three hours? And then we'll start to eat each other. <laughs> uh, but it's true that things do feel uh, very very tense, and I think they're only going to get tenser. So I thought, look, I had a show, I was ready to air an interview with John from System of a Down, but I preempted that because I wanted to do a show that was just exclusively devoted to the coronavirus. And who would I bring in to do such a show? A scientist? An epidemiologist? Perhaps a doctor of some kind? No, I turned to my friend, and uh, by the way, a fan favorite, Owen Weiss. Why? Well, because Owen Weiss is the smartest guy I know, uh, and he, uh, he has a way of offering cultural criticism uh, that puts things into perspective in a way that I don't think anybody else can do. Uh, a brief introduction about Owen. He's been on the show before. You guys always write and say, when are you bringing him back? Well, I thought an emergency pandemic might be the perfect opportunity uh, to bring Owen back. Owen was the lead singer of Star Club. Uh, in the 90s, 
and he also was the touring guitar player for Echo and the Bunnymen. He's a very talented singer-songwriter. He is based out of Thailand now. Uh, This conversation uh, is very tangential. I don't know if we solve anything, uh, but as usual, Owen brings up some very, very interesting points, and if nothing else, this is a great hour-long thought exercise. So, enjoy it. Me and Owen Weiss talking about the coronavirus right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. read a book about anything to do with history uh, knew it was coming mm-hmm. at some point right I mean everyone knew that a pandemic was coming at some point and we were overdue for one in fact um, because SARS didn't really take off and MERS didn't really take off so the last time we had one was about 100 years ago wasn't it it was, yeah. uh, 2000, it was 1918 I believe um and so yeah i think we were due one and i also i'm not sure about this but i think that it tends to be around the same kind of time ish isn't it like once a century or something yeah something fucked up happens um it used to be plague and then now it seems to have gone over into like uh respiratory diseases so yeah i mean Technically, I guess, I suppose I thought it, I knew it was coming, but I didn't know this was coming. I didn't know it was coming now. And uh, I didn't realise how how bad it would get, how quick, how quickly it would transmit, which is ironic, really, seeing as uh, everyone has grown up in an era of fucking zombie movies and to everything is... Yeah. is uh, our culture is about the fast-moving diseases that transmit like that with contact um so yeah kind of ironic really i mean how is it right now in thailand like how many are a lot of people sick no that's okay so first thing and there's a couple of weird weird uh data points with with thailand first one is that they were we were the one of the first or second or third, third maybe third country to get this infection uh, China first then maybe one of the other Southeast Asian countries I don't know, I don't know which um, but Thailand was up there in the first few the vanguard you know yeah go us um, but what's strange is that um, when you compare it to the US and Europe the rates of infection are really really fucking low I think there's been one death so far, which is mad when you think that, you know, we had this like a month before you guys did. Um, and this is a country with a population of 70 million. Yeah. So, yeah, people forget that, that Thailand is, is so populous. Um, so, so that's weird. But what you have to weigh it up against is the fact that this government is incredibly corrupt and incredibly incompetent uh and i know that's that's not a huge jump 
from you know an English guy and an American guy no. talking about governments. No, but but, but this this is something else. This is uh, this is institutionalized for years. So so it's it's kind of expected in the same way that it's expected in in China um, that the government will fit all the figures and not tell you the truth. Um, so it's entirely possible that the figures that we have are completely, completely wrong and completely different from reality. Uh, but if they're not, then that also makes sense because um, if you look at the rates of infection in other Southeast Asian countries, apart from South Korea, which is an outlier here, um, they're quite low compared to Europe and how quickly it's spreading in Europe, which leads um, one to believe not being an epidemiologist. Oh, an epidemiologist, um, yeah. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> one, of one of those guys. Yeah. Um, the, uh, it lead, leads one to believe that Possibly it's the uh, the weather conditions are hampering its spread or its incubation or its effectiveness or something because um, there, there is a little bit of a run on, on food and, and uh, essentials and stuff like that have, have been in Europe as well. But like for instance, I look out my window today and, and there's people building and doing stuff and going about their lives. So it's impacted the country much, much less than than it has in Europe and the US. Um, and, but again, this is this is for a number of reasons. Um, one is that possibly the virus is not as as uh, dangerous, but also because people here uh, sometimes are either not as clued in or, or educated as to what's going on. Um, there's a lot of lot of, of uh, people who don't read newspapers, watch the TV, or if they do, they just get the, the government line, which is everything's fine, don't worry about it. Um, also, uh, in the course, the country has a, a history of sicknesses and, and illnesses and fucking typhoons and hurricanes and all kinds of shit. And Thai people just kind of get on with stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. They, uh, they put their mask on and then they, some little old lady goes and carries 900 pounds worth of cardboard, <laughs> you know, eight miles in 1,000 degree heat in order to make 50 cents. That's just, you know, they're tough motherfuckers, so they don't, it takes quite a lot to shut this country down. I, I mean, do you feel a nervousness out in the streets? or Because I, I can feel it here. No, I don't. But but there's there's two reasons for that. One is that I don't go out in the streets really very much um, anyway. And the second one is um, that I, I just don't, no, I don't I don't see it. And also, even if I did, because you don't because you know when when you don't speak the language properly, you don't get any of the the, the nuances or the subtleties. So unless people are going, holy fuck, right, and screaming and run around, you know, it's, it's it's sometimes it's more difficult to pick up on the. I get much more of a sense of panic in uh, when I speak to uh, 
people from France or, or the US or, or the UK uh, or any any European country. Um, you get yeah the sense in, in Thailand is is that I'm taking it a lot more fucking seriously than anyone else. Yeah. You know and uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Plus of course like you know they've got that Buddhist kind of uh, fatalism thing going on. You know. Like imagine like a, a much smaller, less blonde Ivan Drago from uh, Rocky Four. If he dies, he dies. It's, you know, it's, it's that, but nicer. Yeah, I mean, and I and I think that like if you saw what was happening here, it probably wouldn't surprise you because Americans are super reactionary and um, panicky. Uh, but like you know, all of the supermarkets here in San Francisco are empty. Um, bars, you can't go to bars anymore. Every um, I'm sure you have uh, close friends still that are musicians. They can't, you know, all the shows are canceled. So no one's making a living anymore. Um, you can't go to the movie theaters. Disneyland is closed. Um, so yeah, none of that, that stuff here is, is not the case. I mean, there's been, it's more difficult to get stuff at supermarkets. It's more difficult to order deliveries and stuff to your house a bit, you know, but as far as I'm aware, um, restaurants are everywhere just seems to still be open for business at the moment pretty much I mean like I said I don't go out very much but that's my my uh, impression so far so what do you think um, this is a tough question but or maybe not what do you think is going to happen <laughs> <laughs> where would you even start with that I mean, there's, there's yeah. Happen how, in, in what sense? It happened in terms of, of like how many people are going to die? How is society going to change at a fundamental level forever? Is I mean, what, 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 what's the question here? All right, let, let's let's break the question down. So they're saying, for example, so at the school where I teach, they're saying all classes are online until April fourth, which feels totally arbitrary. And it feels to me yeah. like nothing is going to change by April 4th. Yeah, the April 4th thing is weird you say that, actually, because and I want to get on to this later on to have a fucking moan about the football. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up. They, they, they've picked, mate, fucking hell. Um, they've picked April 4th as the uh, time that the English Premier League is going to restart. Right. Again, completely arbitrary. Why that day? I mean, it seems to be going around everyone's mind. And oh, it'll be fine in... In April, by April 4th, right? right. Why? My person, right? Um, anyway, so what was the question again? <laughs> I got, I got <laughs> hung up on April 4th. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the question is, is that are all these dates that are arbitrary, like April 4th, or give it a couple of weeks, my feeling is in a couple of weeks, it's going to be fucking worse. Yeah, did you read that article that I put up on, on Facebook? Yeah, I did. It was grim fuck, right? Yeah. It was really fucking grim. Um, uh, it, it, I don't know. And the other, the other thing that's that's uh, distressing and and, uh, and difficult at the moment is that it's not a question necessarily of different governments having different uh, views and uh, approaches or plans or lack of plans or being fucking evil or different variations of same. Is that the experts and scientists themselves, and I'm not going to attempt that fucking word, but fuck you again. Um, <laughs> the, the experts in the field 
they'll agree amongst themselves on what's the best course of action to take. Um, so trying to make any kind of prediction as to as to what is going to happen, how serious it's going to be. I, mean, I, I kind of find myself, I started off thinking, come on, guys, fucking hell, it's flu. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's 10 times more or 30 times more fatal than flu. But who the fuck do you know that's worried about flu? Right. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody right. No. No, nothing. Nothing has ever been stopped in our lifetimes because of flu. No. Um, and then I started reading articles like the one I, I shared with you and doing a little bit more research. And um, I'm not sure that I think that it's any more dangerous to to our health necessarily but um, I think possibly the bigger danger is people's reaction to it rather than the actual infection themselves in that uh, the speed and the finality and uh, the, 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 the things have been closed down from like you said yeah the gigs and restaurants and any kind of social interaction, yeah um that's that's weird to see how how quickly our our world can just fucking collapse in on itself that's right in a matter of really you know the stock markets have crumbled and uh everyone's shitting themselves uh or or not shitting themselves because they can't get toilet paper um (laughs) um that's the thing that that, that is is uh, has, has been the most frightening is is the seeming lack of of consensus amongst governments and experts about how to deal with it and the seeming inability to deal with it with with honorable exceptions in in China and Japan and South Korea where they got a handle on this really quite early yeah if you look at if you think about the fact that it started in China, I mean, and I've got nothing good to say about China most of the time because it's an incredibly repressive, awful regime, as we all know. Um, but maybe in this particular case, that worked for them. I think it did uh, because they basically just said, "No, right, fucking walls going up, martial law, fucking stay there," type shit. And in you know, a country of a billion people, uh, they've lost, you know, like a. A millionth, or or no, I'm not. What the fuck am I even talking about? It's it's what is it? It's like a thousand deaths or something. Yeah. I can't remember. It's it's in the thousands rather than the tens of thousands. I think. I really should be consulting the the figures while we're doing this. But but anyway, the point stands that in terms of the uh, the amount of cases, the the amount of people that they have there, and the fact that the infection started there, um, it already seems to have peaked and. Uh, is dropping off and people are recovering already. Right. Um, whereas outside of, of there, uh, and especially in the US, the US is one of the worst, to be honest. I mean, Italy's been getting Awful. a lot of bad press. But the least they're taking measures. I mean, your guys, he's just like, no, what? There's nothing wrong. It's all fine. Um, uh, well, this could turn into another fucking four-hour diatribe about what a cunt Trump is. But just, just things like... Uh, we don't want to deal with the people, the infected people on the boat because it will put our numbers up and that might you know, make me look bad in my re-election. I mean, it's just something that it, 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 
boggles the mind. Even after all these years of him blowing my mind about what a fucking terrific individual he is, <laughs> it just, you know, every like I say, every time you think you've reached the bottom of the barrel, they replace it with a slightly deeper barrel, and, and you go deeper and deeper and deeper. But, but in America, you've gone from, uh, from this is not a problem, this is not happening, to, oh my God, we're all going to die. Um, and, and I'm not really sure what, what the government stance is there. I can talk to you a little bit about the, the British government stance, which I think is awful, by the way. But maybe you can tell me what, what the latest is in, in Trumpistan. I mean, the latest is is that he, you know, they're very slowly but surely deciding that, you know, this is something to be taken seriously. And for him, he filters it all through the stock market. So if the stock market's doing really well, then things will be okay. But that's not the case because the problem is this is not a financial problem. It's a health problem. And so it's a health problem. The cause and effect is the health problem will absolutely topple the financial problem. So if you keep feeding you know, finance into finance and try to rescue the market, it won't work. It'll work. It's sort of palliative at, at this point. Um, right. The problem is, is that because our testing has been so unbelievably deficient, our numbers, we have you know, 3,000 people right now. And when people listen to this show, it could have it could have absolutely um, be be times ten thousand. Um, I mean, we could have we could have you know hundreds of thousands of people that are sick. And by the and, and there's a difference between being sick and being and being fatally ill because a lot of people will just recover. Um, yeah. But the way that the way that it is taking people down in its path is worrisome because you know the more people get infected, the more people will die. Um, but they're treating it like a financial problem. And that's a huge issue. Um, and so I think that that's the big mistake that the United States has made. Um, I've had students in my classes for the last four or five weeks who were traveling in January, who came, who came to the, into the semester in February. They were all sick. My, my semester opened with, I think, 25 to 30 percent of my classes all being sick in a really kind of alarming, more than just like uh, – you're a college student and you've been staying up late drinking and, and sleeping with people and not taking care of yourself. They were like really, really sick. And I think there was nothing in place. And if you look, if if this was a disaster movie about a plague, you would see the United States made four or five or more fatal errors from the very beginning. We're making one right now at the airports, the the screening for people from Europe to get back into the U S is so slow that everybody is just sort of shoulder to shoulder for hours and they could be infected. So it's like the perfect delivery system to infect the population, and it will. And so I think that the mistakes that were made early on are the ones that are really going to be the ones that sort of um, uh, lead to the most problems in the end. I think we're going to have hundreds of thousands of people infected within the next few weeks. That's my prediction. Um, I don't. I think April 4th will come and go. I think nothing will change, um, but it will only get worse, at least here. Hmm. Well, it's it's difficult it's difficult to, to predict anything at this at this stage. I, I mean, if nothing else, we're we're basing our our completely baseless predictions on the assumption that the virus won't mutate into something different, which is what viruses normally do anyway. Right. So, you know that that shouldn't come as a surprise. Um, so even any predictions that you make based on the current understanding of how it works, uh, how long is that even going to be? case it's hard to say but if you look historically and you think like okay the spanish flu killed 50 million people Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's a crazy number to think about 
Um, and I think 50 million people could easily be infected globally, at least. Um, well, there's, there was uh, a story I, I saw yesterday um, which said that in the... Okay, so let's just talk about the UK for the moment okay. and, and our inverted commas plan. Um, what, what, they're, what they're pushing is this idea that um, we develop a herd immunity, i.e. the people uh, that we reach this, this uh, again, arbitrary 60% number of people who are infected. And through that, an, infection, uh, uh, an immunity to the infection is built up. And so when the winter comes uh, and people are more likely to get sick anyway, they will already be immune to this particular strain. Um, now, if you can believe this, that is a line that's been peddled by the the government scientists standing there with a straight face. And I mean, when they when they pronounce it in their posh British accents, it all sounds very plausible. But you know, as soon as you think about it for more than a couple of seconds, you're like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" First of all, how do you even know this is going to work? Right. And and secondly, what what you're saying is, um, in effect, no different from having no plan at all. Your plan is to do nothing and fucking hope for the best. That's it. That's really what it is. I mean, you can dress it up in, in different terms and, and say we're, we're doing it for this scientific reason. People are going to uh, develop a, an immunity and it's in order to protect against you know, a winter surge and all this kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, in, in, uh, in practical terms, it just means that we do nothing. And and fucking best of luck, guys. Right. You know. Right. Um, so, it, it, if you've thought about when you if you know um, Alexander de Pleffel Johnson, our, our prime minister, who I still re refuse to call by his, his pet name, um, if you think about what a really lazy, disinterested, borderline psychopath would do in a situation like this. Right. Well, what would they do? Well, they do as, as little as possible, wouldn't they? Right. Because a, they can't be asked to fucking do any work, and b, they don't give a fuck about people. Right. So, what would someone like that do in this situation? Well, they do what they've done, which is um, as little as possible, and hope for the best. Uh, I, I don't think that's good enough at all, especially when you compare it to countries that have taken uh, strict measures. The, the World Health Organization, we. Uh, came out just yesterday or the day before, um, unusually, to say that uh, the, the UK's approach was was uh, troubling. It might work, but if it doesn't work, how do you think, for instance, um, all the other countries, especially European countries, but, but now with air travel and everywhere else, we think if we have this island where 60% of the population have all got this fucking death disease, right? Um, all because fatty can't be asked to, uh, you know, take any measures. What do you think about Italy? Well, Italy are where a lot of countries are probably going to be in about a week. Um, right. They 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 did nothing like everyone else in in Europe and in the US, but for reasons that, that I don't understand. The infection spread much, much more quickly there, and um, you know they're 
their health service was overwhelmed, as as any anyone would be, really, especially the UK. I mean, that's that's what another one of the reasons why they're doing their their uh, herd immunity bullshit is because they fucking know they've been systematically underfunding our health system for years under the Conservatives, and uh, I mean we can barely fucking get by a normal year. I mean, all the time there's, there's stories about uh, about crises in the NHS. The idea that it, it can take on a pandemic is is absurd. Of course it can. Um, Who can? I mean, if you think about it, I mean, because I think there's two things that are wild cards, and here's what here's what they are. At least here in the United States, one, right. if let's just say where I live in the Bay Area, if three thousand people get sick at once. We don't have the facilities here to support that. Right. So let's say 3000 people within a, I don't know, 20 mile square radius. There's no way we can't handle that. Right. There's no way. And the second wild card is when people start to turn on each other, you know, like, did you cough on me or, or, or like when someone needs something and they can't get it at the store. So they have to go to extreme measures to get it that sort of trigger effect behavior. Those are the two things that I think if those things happen, it's officially out of control. And, and I think April 4th is April 4th becomes a, uh, a dream. That's my take. Yeah. Well, the other thing that, that's going on in, uh, in uh, America from, from what I've heard, and you can tell me about this, whether it's true or not, is that as, as I expected they would, the uh, conservative, uh, the, the Republicans, Trump, you know, just fucking KKK, whatever they are, um, have immediately branded this the foreign virus. Of course. The Chinese virus. Right. You know, so it's not, it's not really uh, a microbe that you're fighting. It's the foreigners again, you know. And um, it, it seems to me that, uh, you know, these stories that, that one reads about, Anyone looking Asian getting fucking attacked or abused or issued by, uh, at best, just fucking othered, uh, is only going to get worse as well in a, a climate where the leaders are calling it, you know, the foreign virus or the Asian virus or the Chinese virus. You know, it's uh, it's incredibly unhelpful at a time where. Um, Every country working together would be is, is what we need, and and of course we we come off the back of four years of na- the growth of nationalism and jingoism and and uh, exceptionalism and uh, retreating from the idea of, of treaties and and cooperation uh, cooperation. Looking at Brexit, looking at Trump, you know that kind of right, stuff. right, um, and and it's it's you know it could. Go one of, of two ways, of course. Uh, it might be that people go, fuck, you know that whole nationalism, blaming it on foreigners thing, that was dumb, wasn't it? Because look how many people died. Uh, maybe we actually we need to work together and be smart and start listening to experts again. Maybe this whole, like getting a fucking clown for a prime minister and a fucking uh, reality TV star for a president, maybe that's actually not a fucking great idea. Right. You know. Right. Uh, maybe we get someone serious who knows stuff and can do things, maybe that would be good. And maybe we all need to 
to work together as a, as a planet globally to combat global issues, which is what we have, you know, with global warming. All the shit that we talked about before this was even a fucking thing is still there. That's right. You know, all the, all the problems that we've been fucking bitching about for months, right? That hasn't gone away. That's, that's still there as well. And now we have this on top of it. Um, and the only way to combat any of those problems was, was internationally, globally. Um, so it could be, a silver lining could be that this is like like the infection itself will reach a peak and then die off. Maybe the infection of, of, of nationalism and uh, individualism uh, and antipathy to cooperation, maybe that has reached a peak and that will fucking drop off. Maybe that's that's you know that that's my best fucking uh, piece of optimism on this. Like if you know if if you and I were running countries, this would be like the easiest thing in terms of show leadership, calm people down, reassure them, um, and and just lead. And for us here in America, we've seen we haven't seen that from Trump. We've seen predictably, um, we've seen this bizarre fixation on the stock market. And this sort of like he keeps trying to have these press conferences with he brings the same four or five people out, a doctor and a and Pence and two other people. And the first thing they all say is um, before we get started, I want to say that President Trump has done an amazing job uh, responding as quickly as he has, which basically means I realize that he hasn't. And we're going to say he has. It's like it's like the stupidest Jedi mind trick. Um and they're trying to sort of like cut that criticism <laughs> off in not, the past. These are not the facts you're looking for. No. And so, and I think that, you know, it's all about him. And, and like I said, this would not have been hard to do. And the Atlantic just ran a piece saying that this is it for his presidency. This doomed him. Um, and the numbers aren't showing it yet, but I think you're right. I think that this is it. I think this would have been the easiest thing to have um, been a leader in this milieu. And he completely fucked it up. And um, there's no walking it back because if you're running against him, you just play the you play the sound bites of him saying, uh, you know, this will be down to one person next week. This is nothing. Don't worry about it. You can't lose the election to run against this guy. I would I would, I would find the sound bites of him saying, uh, I don't want to fucking hear about those right Americans on the cruise ship because that's going to affect my numbers. Yeah, I play that on a fucking loop. Yeah, how do you lose that election? You cannot lose. Yeah, I, I like I, I just don't think that he um, based on that, because here's what's going to happen. What's going to happen is it's going to get worse. And by the time it's time for him to be, um, you know, if we're really going to have an election, he, they might postpone it. Who knows? Um, I think the numbers are going to be astronomical. By the way, that you still had an election in the middle of the Civil War. That's right. That's right. You know? Yeah. So if, if anyone is listening to this and thinking that it's OK that elections be postponed because of national emergency. Just point out that it's not okay, and it's perfectly fine to to have an election. In fact, you should have an election. That's right, and he cannot legally do that anyway. Um, but what it could do is it could discourage people from coming out to the polls. That could happen. Well, I mean, he could declare a, a state of emergency, martial law. You know, he fucking wants to. He wants so to. He wants to. to do that because they want. Um, but the thing, the problem, I mean, one of, one of the many, 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 many problems with this fucking arsehole is that he, he simply doesn't understand it. You know, it's not just that he's a bad guy. We know he's a bad guy. 
It's not just that he has bad intentions. We know he has bad intentions. It's not just that he's a, he's a sociopath and a narcissist. It's he's fucking dumb. He doesn't understand this. Now, I, I think about someone like Johnson in the UK, who who is marginally better human being, but still just like a fucking awful, awful, awful person. Um, at least he understands or has some understanding of what a virus is. I don't even think Trump knows what a virus is. No, no. I mean, if you asked him to explain what a virus is, he, you would get something from you'd get from maybe a six-year-old, maybe. Right, you know, right. At best. I mean, but a six-year-old would never have said, or maybe he would have said to a doctor, like Trump said last week, well, why can't you just use the flu vaccine on this? You know, why can't you just use... Why can't well, that's exactly what a six-year-old would do, because they right. don't know any fucking better, right? Right, right. Um, so, but what, what I think we need to avoid falling into the trap of is, is imagining that um, putting facts before the American public is going to be the thing that changes it because you know if you wanted facts that this guy is incompetent and horrible and doesn't give a fuck about you at all those facts have been evident from years before he even became the fucking president that's true you know and people are, the people who like him are not being swayed by this i mean the, the, look the 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 people who think that he is their god emperor will just there's nothing nothing that will ever sway that that I can think of. I mean, he could he could just walk into the house and fucking eat their kids and fucking rape their their pets, and they they rationalise it into yeah we deserved it or that makes America great or some winner whatever. It's it's a it's a it's crazy. It's a cult. It's 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 uh, it's anti-rational. Right. Okay. So, so the so the idea that you know this is going to be what kills his presidency only will work if for the people who voted for him because they didn't like Hillary or they thought, oh, let's give this guy a go, or the people who didn't vote, but the people who really really like him still really really like him. I saw something the other day uh, about um, Trump supporters. Uh, in fact, it was from someone, I think it was on Reddit, and it was a guy from, you know, a Trumpy kind of state, you know, one of these red states, deep south things, saying, no, 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 you guys, you don't understand what it's like here. That people are, are that they're, they're not buying this at all. They're saying that he's doing an amazing job, that it, they're buying his shit about this, you know, this virus has been put together by the Democrats. They, they made, the Democrats made the virus to no. make Trump look bad. I mean, I mean you're, you're shaking your head and going, oh, how crazy is that? Yeah, it's fucking, it's as nuts as you can get. And yet, sadly, there are millions of people in your country who think that that is real. That's right. And so we mustn't, we mustn't think that uh, his incredibly bad response to this is going to somehow make people who were previously fucking morons stop being fucking morons and go, huh, actually, you know, that's a systemically bad way to have, like, you know, they can't <laughs> do that. They won't do that. No. It's not going to happen. No. So your, your only hope really is that, is that, well, a number of things. One is that he doesn't uh, call off the election and introduce martial law. The second one isn't that the uh, election is hacked again, uh, knowingly this time. Um, 
Thirdly, that the results aren't tampered with afterwards. And even if all these things happen, um, that there's enough people who come out and vote against him. Uh, so I think that uh, I think it, it might be a little premature to think that you know he's this is going to be the end of him in, yeah. in a normal timeline in a normal world full of normal people. Obviously, well, he wouldn't even be president in the first place, but it would have been seen as a failed <laughs> yeah. experiment um, of, of the highest order. But we're living in a, in a, in a reality where that is not the case. No, and I think, you know, when Nixon was completely publicly shamed and proven to be, you know, the most dishonest person ever, when he left office, he was at a 25% approval rating, which is 25% too high. I mean, the guy, the guy, you know, was so absolutely morally bankrupt and so dishonest, and he admitted it. And he still had a nearly 30% approval rating. That's fucking insane. And Trump has a thousand times more charisma and star power than Nixon. And so he's still polling in the high 40s, mid 40s, which is insane. Also, uh, Nixon didn't have Fox News. No, he didn't. You're right. You know, I think you can make a very good argument that if Fox News had been around and had been as invested in uh, a sort of symbiotic relationship with presidency as as it has now then you know watergate would have just gone away yeah that's true that's true um he has that as a as a kind of interesting mouthpiece but i'll tell you something here's how americans are you can tell americans that something is imminent and threatening and like for example years ago we had a drought here in the bay area and you tell people conserve water don't water your lawn take four second showers whatever but then you would go to the supermarket and there were like 50 different kinds of water, like the kind you and I are drinking right now. So for them, the drought seems completely unreal. But Americans will only act when they can't get the things that they used to get or live the lives that they've been used to living. So once that happens, then it becomes interesting. It never, I mean, just in terms of a cultural perspective – um, I don't know if it changes anything, but it's certainly – I think you're going to see some real alteration to behavior. Well, yeah. I mean this, this, this is an interesting topic. What, what are the good things that might come out of this? I think uh, there's a number of things that, that might happen which, which could be good or at least uh, interesting. And one of them is it's going to bring – not an end to, but it's going to bring, it's going to make it more difficult for death and dying to remain as taboo as it has been in our Western societies. Uh, you know, it's just something that people don't talk about. You know, you, you put your, your parents or your grandparents in a fucking in an institution and fucking forget about them. Uh, every time we see people die on the TV, it's 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 sanitized or it's it's not real. Right. Um, right. Talking about death and dying and 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 suicide, for instance, is uh, is is the last taboo really in in Western societies. And I think that dealing with a pandemic and dealing with uh, potentially hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people dying, um, I'm not saying that's going to happen, by the way. But if it did, um, that might have a, an effect. For instance, I was I was talking um, the other day 
about this. Uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but also not really. Um, what's the best thing that the governments can do? Well, um, probably the best thing they can do is to reintroduce the manufacture of barbiturates, right, which have been outlawed around the world now. Um, and people who have been who want to commit suicide have been trying to get hold of this shit for years because that was the easy, painless way to just go to sleep and never wake up. Um, so if we admit, as, as we already have, that there is no way that uh, most European countries and the US, for instance, can take care of all the people who are going to die. And we've already seen this in Italy where you have, you know, a Sophie's choice of do I give the intubator to this guy or to that lady there? And whichever one doesn't get it is going to die. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. Painfully and and uh, in in great distress. Um, and this, as it gets worse, as it gets more widespread, there's going to be people who don't even get to hospital because um, there's not even many rooms in the hospital, right? Um, so what can the government do? Well, at that point... Surely a conversation can be had, even if you don't think that suicide is, is, is moral. And it, an argument can be had that people are dying. How can we mit mitigate that? Well, the only thing you can do really at that point is to mitigate the suffering, right? So uh, maybe, going back to my initial point, the best thing you can do is to introduce a, a painless and peaceful way out. So right. Don't, I mean, in anyone that's had pneumonia uh, severely, I haven't, but I know a couple of people that have. It's fucking horrible. I mean, not only can you not breathe, but it fucking hurts all the time, a lot. Um, and then, of course, that continues until you die. And you, you suffocate in the whole bunch of liquids. And even if you... Anyway, we're not getting to the survival thing. It's a slightly different topic here. But, um, so, so what do you do with all these people who are going to die? Um, I think that one positive thing that might come out of it is uh, a discussion about end-of-life issues and people's right to uh, painless and peaceful exit. I think that might be something that, that could be useful. Um, what do you think about that? Does that make any sense? It does, and I, and I think that because you have, especially if you're talking about millions of people, if the virus morphs and becomes it starts to outsmart itself um and it gets stronger and stronger um then that will become a huge issue and i think that you know then you're talking about just you know body after body that could be huge um well, and, I'm talking about i mean just even if it doesn't mutate there was there's uh, figures i saw the other day that said that in fact it might have been that article i linked um the, the potential deaths just at the the uh, mortality rate at the moment, which I believe is about three percent. It's about yeah, yeah. Higher in, in that you know seventies and eighties and over and lower in the fifties and lower. Um, but let's say it stays at three percent and sixty percent of the population of the UK get uh, infected. Uh, that means that. The same amount of people who die, would die from that would be, get this, this is going to blow your fucking mind, the same amount of people who died in World War II from the UK. Mm. Wow. When you put it like that, 
it's yeah, it's 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 a it's a wow, right? Yeah. And you notice, of course, that that's not how our government are putting it. But when, no. you, think of it, when you think of it like that, it's, by the way, you know all the people that died in the biggest war in history from our country, um, that's going to happen now from this disease. When you think of it like that, um, surely that is going to focus a few minds and make people hopefully um, think about death and dying in a more uh, grown-up and realistic way. Rather than our la 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 la, which yeah. is what normally do. Well, and I also wonder. I mean, you being a musician, uh, you know, you have friends like <clears throat> like Paul Simpson who just played in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he could do that now. Yeah, I, I was I was with him. I went. Yeah, I mean that, but that couldn't happen now. I mean, and so, and that's a good. That's probably a good source of income for him. Yeah. Right. Yes, it is, and and um, just for those who feel like traveling like for instance um and maybe we'll get onto this later on but i was thinking of going back to the uk for the uh the parade in liverpool when when they finally brought home the trophy after 30 years um that's that's not really fucking happen i mean it, whether the however the football is altered so me getting on the plane and flying back to the uk for fun that's not really going to be a thing no, and you wouldn't chance it, would you? Um, well, you know my views on 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 uh, how long I want to stay alive or or, or not. It, it's more a case of of trying to be a responsible fucking human being in a in a connected world and not spread it to other people. Right. Um, we have this this weird situation at the moment where um, you know people are self-isolating but not doing it properly and I think you know if you're going to do it you have to it's like wearing half a condom if you you know if you chop half of the fucking thing off well I'm still wearing half <laughs> you know you just don't either fucking do it properly or don't do it at all right which is why I, again to make a huge leap back to the beginning of this conversation why those countries where they took what seemed like incredibly draconian approach very early on, it's worked, and the countries that are taking it sort of laissez-faire, or we don't want anything bad to happen, we're going to kind of pretend it's not happening, um, oh, fuck, it, what are we going to do now approach. Um, they're kind of half doing it. You know, Some people are wearing masks, some people are not. Some people are washing their hands, some people are not. Some places are closed down. You know, like you can't go to a bar, but you can go to a supermarket. Right. You know, you can go to a bank, but you can't go to a fucking, you know, uh, play. What's that? That's wearing half a fucking condom, right? You can't get infected if you go to the bank. Because because of magic reasons that I don't know. (laughs) Because money is really clean and the the teller is behind glass. Um, Yeah. And and when everyone's touching that money and you've got passed backwards and forwards the whole time, what could possibly be on that, right? That's totally fine. <laughs> right. Or someone says, I'm self-isolating. I'm just going to the gym. Uh, well, I, yeah, I haven't been to the gym to, like for the last week because of this. I've been trying to do some exercises in the room and getting some some stuff, uh, you know, food delivered or whatever as much as possible. Um, and this is in a country where the transmission rate is is incredibly fucking low yeah typically. is um, wait that, is your gym open or is it closed i don't know 
Yeah. I don't know. I've been. Yeah. Um, but I would I would be surprised if it was close. I don't know, but huh. I would be surprised if it was close. It's interesting. Um, one thing, one thing that uh, that uh, Thailand and the Thai government is apart from incredibly corrupt and incompetent is they are uh, very aware of the fact how much money comes from tourism and from commerce. And just like the UK and just like uh, America, you know, the dollar is the bottom line here. So um, other countries have taken a much more, uh, a much less economic, economically focused approach. Yeah. You know, we're going to protect our citizens and the economy is going to take a hit and people are going to get paid money from by the state to keep people alive for a bit. Um, I, I mean, once you see the big malls in, in Bangkok closing, you know that it's fucking serious, and I haven't seen any sign of that yet. Um, well, what do you think happens if, let's say, we revisit this in three weeks? Let's say that you and I talk on April 4th, and a million people worldwide are infected, and 200,000 people have died. What if we can't What if we can't talk? Because right. God us, right? That's right. Thing. People keep thinking, oh, it's not going to happen to me. You know, so I keep talking about the, the half a condom uh, analogy, metaphor, whatever. You're the English professor, not me. Um, <laughs> you know, people that they kind of they people are making the sacrifices and the uh, and the difficult decisions up to the point that they're not, right? Right. You know, there's the things that you you're prepared to give up, and the things that you're not prepared to give up. Um, and it might reach a point where people really do have to give up stuff, like they have to give up the bottled water, um, which sucks for me because most of the water over here is fucking deadly. You know, so I've been boiling it in the fucking kettle. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it could very well be that on our conversation of April 4th, one or the other of us is not able to take part. And if we are, and the numbers are astronomical, because right now the U.S. is those numbers are dramatically low, and they're and they're not accurate. <clears throat> they're just not. I mean, there it's going to be it's going to be in the hundreds of thousands of people infected for sure. Um, deaths, I don't know. But if if you and I talk on April fourth, and this thing is totally out of control, um, then what? I mean, that, that's sort of the big question. I mean, then is it just sort of like, okay, it's out of control, then I'm just going to stay in my room even more? Um, I don't know if... Um, I don't know what happens next, because it seems to me like all areas of commerce from my local, my local farmer's market was canceled, and LeBron James isn't playing basketball. So And everybody else in between is also not working. But, you know, companies are going to start to fold. Um, you know, people are going to have to close their businesses. Musicians are, and artists and actors um, are going to have no source of livelihood. And I think that once that starts to happen and this gets pulled even tighter, um, the tension is going to make people potentially, you know, turn to each other and, and, and turn on each other. That's where it, start, it starts to get scary, I think. It's, I think it's entirely likely that, that people will turn on each other. I'm, I'm going to just throw out a little bit of optimism here. Okay. Um, and, uh, kind of, it's kind of weird coming from you, but okay, okay. <laughs> I just thought I'd give it a go. I mean, okay, give it a shot. Try anything once. Right? 
All right. Um, <laughs> when you have your society fall apart, as has happened many times throughout the history of mankind, um, it goes in, in, a, in one of two ways. We either go Dark Ages way, uh-huh. or we go Renaissance way, simply. So societies either strengthen and improve, or they retract and, and lose. Like, for instance, after the fall of the Roman Empire, there was a, a huge lessening of, of knowledge and interconnectedness. And if you think, for instance, um, about what would have happened if the Roman Empire hadn't have fallen and Christianity hadn't taken hold of Europe for 600 years, you know, we probably would have colonized the fucking moon in the 13th century, right? So this is hundreds and hundreds of years where everyone just lived in a fucking hut surrounded by their own shit and, and, and died at, at fucking 29 because no one understood what, what germs were and thought it was all demons or whatever the fuck, right? So it, it's, it's entirely possible that if this society falls apart, it becomes like that. It's also entirely possible that that wasn't very optimistic at all, was it? What the fuck am I told you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the optimism. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is that people go, hang on a minute, this whole idea of having to go to work um, because you have to go to work, that clearly didn't make sense because people didn't and... and uh, in, in many ways, it was fine. For instance, you know, if the people who are making sure the electricity is, is running are still working and the people who are making sure that the uh, food is still being grown and the water is still available and all the basic building blocks we need for life are taken care of, um, then you start to really wonder about all the other jobs. And, and are they even necessary? Do, do people work because that job is absolutely vital to the survival of the fucking species? Or do they work because we have inculcated into ourselves this sense that not working is, is morally bad and if we don't do it, everything's going to fall apart? Well, that might be a good thing. We might, in a sort of Andrew Yang-esque way, uh, get the sense of the fact that, you know what, this whole idea of, of full employment is not only uh, not sustainable and not realistic, but it's not even necessary. Right. We don't need to have these poor motherfuckers, you know, pissing their pants in an Amazon warehouse because they have to fucking work and never, ever, 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 ever stop because a robot can fucking do that. Okay? So... And this job is going to, this is going to happen to all sorts of uh, professions, not just, you know, the manual laborers. It's, there's, there's uh, AI now, which can predict much, much more, uh, um, what's the word, accurately, the, the chance of someone having a, uh, a cancer or, or, you know, some medical problem much better than a highly trained, very, very experienced specialist in that field. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is something that's only been happening in the last couple of years or so. But this, unless society as a whole breaks down and we forget everything and go Dark Ages style, 
that's not gonna that's not gonna go away. That's only going to uh, increase. Okay, so you get you get to the point where cardiologists and neurosurgeons are not as good at their jobs as the AI and the fucking mobile. So it's not just the guy you know on the fucking car assembly line and the Amazon workers. It's the people you know with some of the most complex jobs around will be found wanting in comparison to to AI and robotics. So hopefully that might uh, introduce a, a society where people realize that you don't have to work in order to have a meaningful life. You can, you can, can, you can spend your precious hours and years on this planet, you know, following something that you're passionate about, whether it be art or, or, or carpentry or gardening or mentoring others or sport or whatever the fuck it is in the knowledge that, you know, the food is being grown, the electricity is being fucking generated, the operations are being done, the, 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 the medical scans are being taken care of. Um, so that I think could be something where, where, uh, when a society looks like it's going to fall apart, and yet, but did it, this is predicated on the idea that it doesn't completely fall apart, by the way. This is predicated on the <laughs> idea that all, all of our uh, preconceptions are challenged, and yet we pull through. That sounds right? sus- suspiciously like enlightenment. Yeah, uh, and, <laughs> and, and we know the, the kind of people that we're dealing with, in, at least in the UK and the US, is enlightenment is a fucking dirty word. But nevertheless, it might well be that this becomes the new normal. Yes. I don't have to fucking get on a train and fucking go and do a shit job that means nothing for fucking, you know, 50, 60 hours a week just in order to live in some little fucking shit box um, so that I can give all my profit to someone who's got 85,000 gold yards. You know, that that might suddenly be a thing to go, what the fuck were we thinking? In the same way that, that... what the fuck, fuck are we thinking when we thought that people got ill because of a demon inside them? You know, there was there was a, a societal shift where people suddenly just started going, what? No, fuck off. <laughs> you know, this, well, this whole idea of, of, you know, I'm a serf and you're a fucking knight and stuff. At some point, people went, no, 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 no. Huh. We're not doing that anymore. We, we're all having a vote, thanks. That's the way it's going to be now. But before that happens, we're going to see a real test of if by April 4th this gets worse. We'll see, we'll see what human behavior, which to me is um, the, the sort of like the unknown factor of all of this. Because as soon as, as, as tempers start to flare and people start to get sick or lose people or get frustrated, the way that human behavior is – because like ultimately like you and I, we love George Carlin, right? And George Carlin said, he said, I was, you know, this is years ago. He was like, I was driving behind somebody who had a bumper sticker that said, save the planet. And he was like, the planet's going to be fine. Save yourself, motherfucker. (laughs) It's like, you're the one who's not going to be okay. And ultimately, I operate under that principle, which is like, we're the ones who will eat ourselves in the face of some kind of disaster. Absolutely. I mean, Imagine for the moment um, we, we don't know anything really about the, uh, the sentience of dinosaurs. But let's just say for a thought experiment that there were um, 
And then let's just say for the sake of argument that they are all fucking as, as smart as we were in terms okay. of making conversations and think abstractly and stuff. Um, when that asteroid hit, and it was like the world is ended, it's like, we are fucked. Like, everything's ending. Well, but it didn't. It end, just ended for you guys. Right. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Now we're here. Right, and this is a slow-motion asteroid, and I think that we could sort of hasten our demise, uh, you know, through horrible behavior. And so if we if we turn on each other, I think the coronavirus, uh, you know, cause and effect with the coronavirus becomes, you know, that domino that sort of, um, that kicked over something even bigger. Who knows? We'll only know by April 4th. <laughs> well, the thing is about the human nature is that, it's it's complex because you have you know your your angel it, it, animal house angel animal house devil right and you said that you, humans are, are brutal motherfuckers and yes that of course that's part of our, our programming but we're also and this is something that uh, the conservatives and um, uh, people on the right like to ignore um, but but pretty much any uh, um, what they called evolutionary uh, psychologists would be able to uh, explain is that human the only reason that human beings are at the apex of the food chain and are as gods to every other fucking living creature on this planet is not because we're savage motherfuckers and individualists it's because we work together as a team right that's yes the thing. that's the thing that has made us the fucking apex fucking life form on this planet. Uh, and I use the word advisedly and with no moral fucking connotations whatsoever, but just in practical terms, right? To, to every other species, we are as gods. We can fly, we control electricity, we can kill them without them even fucking seeing us from fucking 10,000 miles away with fire. You know, it, it, we're like gods, right? Now, how do we get there? Well, um, we were smaller than, we're, we're weaker than almost every other species of ape physically, even though we're bigger than some of them. In terms of muscularity, muscular strength, we're weaker. You know, we, we don't have large teeth. We're slower than lions. We're fucking smaller than elephants. And we don't have fucking toxins like snakes. <laughs> you know, we're not fucking aquatic. We can't, do you know what I mean? We have yeah. all of these uh, problems physically. The only reason that we were able to to overcome them is working by uh, as a team. So I think that's something that people need to bear in mind is that yes, part of your programming is to be selfish, but the other part of your programming, and it's not something that is is innately ethical. It's just part of how we are naturally is that we work in teams, we work cooperatively, we do that at, by our nature. It's not something that we need to be taught to do. Um, in the same way that being a selfish motherfucker is not something we need to be taught to do. It's just there's a duality here, you know, and, and they're often in, in uh, opposition to one another. But one of them is not more real than the other. One of them is not more um, fundamental than the other. They both exist at the same time. Sometimes they, uh, they work together. Often they're in opposition. But, but what I think one of the things that, that needs pointing out, and I am going to be optimistic in this little section here, okay. again, is, that, is that part of human nature is to is to cooperate. Uh, and without that, that cooperative spirit, we never would have 
fucking survive at all. You know, we'd, we'd still be fucking eating nuts and fucking, you know, offal that had been left by the more superior species. Um, so don't write off uh, just because we have Trump, just because we have Johnson, just because we have Putin, just because we have all these motherfuckers in power, everywhere you look pretty much seems to be a psychopath running things, right? Don't let those motherfuckers tell you that that's what our human nature is like, because it's not. It's not what their human nature is like, but they're not us. They're a very small subset, right? People at the top of politics, people at the top of business tend to self-select from the people with the uh, more sociopathic traits, right? This is, is, is pretty well documented, I believe. Um, but that doesn't mean that everyone is like that, because they're not. We are not like that. Um, and you only need to see uh, the amount of people who have, in Italy, for instance, you know, the society, in a sense, is broken down. What have they done? Well, I'm sure there has been some turning on one another, but there's also been, at least in the news, you know, people singing from their balconies yeah. and people cooking bread and pass, passing it out to people in their little neighbourhoods, you know, taking care of each other's kids and, and doing these co cooperative things, which are part of our nature as human beings. just two guys talking about the end of the world. Uh, actually, that was nice there in the end. Uh, Owen had a very optimistic sentiment, and I think he's right about humans and uh, what we're capable of. Uh, but we'll only know for sure on April 4th. We'll, we'll have Owen back on April 4th, and we'll, uh, we'll revisit all of this, and, uh, and we'll survey where we are. Uh, in the meantime, stay safe, wash your hands, Maybe don't go to the rave. <laughs> I think that's my, my best medical advice. Uh, skip the rave. Don't go to the rave this time around. Let the rave happen without you. There will be plenty of raves in the future, I think. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking uh, there will be other chances, uh, but we won't really know for sure. But I do think uh, being cautious and skipping this one is probably advisable. Okay? All right, I feel good. I trust you're going to do the right thing and uh, scrub your hands and stay away from strangers uh, and warehouse dances. <laughs> That's what an old person calls a rave. Are you going to that warehouse dance? Um, Stereo Embers of the Podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Go to the one that you like, the one that you're most comfortable with, and subscribe away. And leave us a rating. Tell all your friends, and uh, we'll be good. Okay. Um, now, if you want to email me, please do so. Editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com or follow me on Twitter at EmbersEditor or follow me on Instagram at EmbersPodcast. And you know what? My feeling is, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how long this is going to be. But ultimately, I think you're going to be okay. As a matter of fact, I think you're going to be all right. I think so, and so does the butcher. So, let him guide you home. It's the Jazz Butcher with Conspiracy. Enjoy it right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast only on Bombshell Radio. Bombshell Radio.
It would get us started, it would help us all a lot If you'd understand, there's a conspiracy in pop They work worldwide and they're on TV They're just b b b b bunch of conspiracy From Oslo to Rome, New York to Berlin When the conspiracy knocks, somebody always lets us in Armed and loaded with philosophy To consider the big ones so seriously In the world of science, there's something going on It's the egg-potato phenomenon So if you don't know the ratio potato to egg You'd better shape up now, somebody's pulling your leg In and everything turns as ugly as sin You'll be alright You'll be alright What you gonna do when the bus breaks down And it's four in the morning in a foreign town You'll be alright You'll be alright There's a pain in your head, there's a hole in the road You gotta look at this thing in philosophical mode And you'll be alright You'll be alright When circumstance gets you on your back You gotta roll, roll, roll for the exit jack And you'll be alright Yeah, you'll be alright They're bothering you and they're bothering me And they even bother people at the BBC Big questions, big questions Let's go. 